This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Super sub. Magic. Magic. <laughs> um, leave that pause. Leave that massive pause in. <laughs> This week, Wren, Ross County and Rangers on the agenda as Celtic face foes in foreign and domestic competition. Europa League qualification is complete, it's 10 out of 10 in the league and now Rangers are on the horizon for the quadruple treble. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tim. This is 20 Minute Tim's episode 199 and we are joined by Melly yes. and Stephen. Yes we are. And we are on the verge of history here. On the verge of episode 200. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you still don't know how to introduce yourself. I don't, oh, I'm Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> More on that to come, but by God, Celtic better give us some, some good stuff to talk well, about on episode 200. They better not ruin that occasion. Episode 200 is going to obviously land the Monday after the cup <laughs> final. Yeah. Absolutely no pressure, but we've got a whole party planned. We've got everything <laughs> set up ready for episode 200. A mariachi band booked and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but let me just nip the nonsense in the bud quickly <laughs> just to do some housekeeping and that is of course Patreon um, if you don't know we operate a Patreon service where in exchange for supporting the podcast you get a whole host of extra podcasts yeah. for ours, for less than the price of a pint per month um, over on the Patreon in the last week we have busy old week busy old week uh, almost I think it was we had something out every day last week busy yeah. old week twice they're like yeah. any old iron any old iron <laughs> <laughs> busy old week on the Patreon yet we had having a rank where but Tom rated the top 25 managers to have worn the hoops And yeah, I've got to yeah. say, plenty on there that I disagreed with yeah, Enjoyable that, podcast, yeah. but I found myself arguing with them um, We had Melly at the match, you were at Rennes We gave instant reaction, joined of course by Stephen yes, on that I podcast Yes, I that uh, We had Keep the Heed, our mental health podcast for Celtic fans That was about dealing with pressure And of course we had the Friday phone in The, the most fun thing we do yeah, I think it's the most popular thing we do as well and coming forthcoming on the on the Patreon over the next couple of days, we have... Well, we'll have the return of the History Boys Abroad. Yep. Uh, would they have delved into Celtic's history for a look at... I won't give too much away, but it's a very special tournament in a very dark time for, for Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> More to come. Keep an eye out for it. That'll be out, as we record this Monday night, that'll come out on Tuesday evening. We also have Ranking at the Reserves. Yes. Um, 
Tom has been keeping an eye on the reserves for us. I saw the lineup today for Whoa. today's reserve match. Return of the King, Ibuki <laughs> Kuasi. Yeah, we talked about him last week as well. Getting a match sharp for the cup <laughs> final. That's what we're doing. Um, and of course, we have Melik the match at Hamilton and Melik the match at the cup final. Yeah. With the cup final coming up, our coverage around the cup final is going to be on Patreon. We're going to have. The Tactics Board, a tactical preview of the Cup Final. We're going to have a special in-depth Patreon preview of the Cup Final itself. We're going to have Melee at the match, instant match reaction following the Cup Final. All of that will be available on Patreon. And of course, the Monday flagship podcast will be out the very next day. We have got the Cup Final covered. <laughs> yes, yes. stay tuned. That All of this will be available on patreon.com forward slash 20 minute terms where you can find all the information of what we've just mentioned. But let's get into it. Celtic clinched a landmark victory this week as they beat Rennes 3-1 to qualify top of the Europa Group League with a game in hand. Stephen, you're shaking your head. I I, I still can't believe it. I I don't mean the the result itself, but but you think back to what we talked about when we first qualified for the Europa League group stages proper, and we thought, right, you aim for winning all your home games and maybe trying to snatch a couple of draws away. And we all chuckled about that. We were all like, as if, as if Celtic in Europe are going to be as successful as that. I forget it. And it's been it's been well beyond their expectations for this to qualify from any kind of group whatsoever with a game to spare. No, in fact, qualify with two games to spare, but to qualify as top with one game to spare is absolutely staggering, really. This is Celtic's sixth time of asking, Melly, trying to qualify top of the Europa League. They've made it through twice from the previous five, but we have never, never won the section. No, it's some going to be still unbeaten. Looking at all the games, you could possibly say there's an argument to say we could have won every single game. Yeah, oh, just definitely should have beat Ren away. Yeah, yeah. And since then, we've just went from strength to strength in every game. Going through in this last game, definitely top and the chance to put Lazio out as well if we get beat. <laughs> Take it out, brilliant. <laughs> Lie down to Cluj. Yeah. <laughs> We have scored in all 13 of our Europa League games this season 32 goals in total So we've won every game We've scored at least two goals Wren, who we thought might be the surprise of the group When we first started looking at it Melly, you certainly tipped Wren We thought they would do some decent things They've been pretty pretty bang average, haven't they? And we certainly showed them up at Parkhead Yeah, absolutely woeful in most of the games Pretty much sewn up by this game They were terrible The four players that played in the first game against them But yeah. They, they were out, they had nothing to play for, so rightly so, they changed their team and it was brutal watching from them. They were really poor Celtic. Were decent, but didn't have to be much better than no. that to beat them. And that's another unbelievable thing. Melly and I covered it, as you mentioned, for Melly at the match. We, we recorded live on the scene uh, with our instant reaction. And we came away thinking, do you know what, that wasn't that great a performance from Celtic, yeah. but it didn't have to be. They absolutely walked over the top of... European and, and I know it's at home but even at that you you can't take in for granted no. in Europe at all like we've we've spoke maybe a wee bit before about how you tend to get those annual wake up calls the wee, the wee sort of reality checks you get at home uh, Melly mentioned last week Anderlecht Borussia Mönchengladbach it's just it's when you're the most confident that you get the wee you get your pants pulled down at home <laughs> but it didn't happen at all and Celtic found it really easy yeah, yes I would admit that Ren were disappointing is the wrong word because that's not the emotion I felt. Oh, they were underwhelming yeah, as, as a team. Obviously, I'm not disappointed in them, but it's, we maybe overestimated them last time based on a maybe a false league position they had at the time. They were riding pretty high at the time um, and have plummeted since. They've, they've barely won a game since uh, Celtic played them the first time. 
But that that being said, Celtic just went about their business. They didn't really gel all that well on the night. But again, as we said, they didn't have to. They've, I think they found it pretty easy. Not just Ren as well. When you look back at this group stage, Lazio are a good team. Oh yeah, and we yeah. beat them twice. They won again three 0 at the weekend. They're up to third. Chiro Mobley scored in his last ten games or something like that. We beat them twice, home and away. <laughs> after going a goal down and just going into this Ren game, kind of expected to win. But without Edward, which was a blow, without Elie Nussi, we might struggle. But the players that came in just did their job as well. You said that Melly, we were without Edward and Elie Nussi. Celtic lined up with Foster, Bauer, Julian, Ayer and Taylor. Brown, McGregor, Morgan, and Cham, Forrest and Christie. Now, there's a lot of chat. The, whatever happened, whoever's back, the mall certainly back because the lineup did get leaked a couple of hours early. And there was a lot of chat about Morgan's inclusion. Some people thought it was a joke. <laughs> um, there was a lot of chat just before the game on Melee at the match. I heard you two discussing it, and I was on the Discord talking about it. People were trying to figure out where he was going to fit in, where he was going to line up. It turned out that he was deployed in the sort of false 10 type mm. role at the at the speed of the attacking trident, as it were. When I was watching the game, and now I know, I know the boy, the name I'm about to mention, I know he's a hun, but I, I, it looked like he was kind of deployed in that Stephen Naismith role. You know, right, the, yeah. the, the way that Stephen Naismith has been playing for Scotland recently. Mm-hmm. We uh, annoying striker. The we annoying striker Pick. running about, <laughs> picking up, not, not so much that, but, <laughs> you know, picking up the empty spaces, doing a lot of linking up because there's bodies around him who can score and hurt the team. Um, how did you feel when you saw Morgan on the team sheet? Uh, truthfully, my heart sank. But to be fair, I thought. Aye, all right, lol. <laughs> I thought he'd be playing out on the left, Forrest would be out on the right, and it'd be Christie through the middle. But turns out Forrest and Christie stayed on the flanks like they have been doing the last couple of games and for the Scotland game. So it was only really one change Morgan coming in for Edward. I don't rate the guy. I don't think he's very good long term. I don't see that as a position that he'll excel in. He's came in, he's done a job in the last two games, but going forward, we really need to improve that. We got the win, albeit, but I thought if we had been playing against a better team than this, we were sort of there for the taking. It was We sort of treated it like a game we didn't definitely have to win. Well, naturally, I suppose, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was, just on that point, it was a bit strange going to the game because it's so unusual to be going into a European game where the stakes, are, the stakes are so low. But yeah. the, the the pressure was off, but it also sort of wasn't because Lennon was pretty you know, pretty adamant they yeah. wanted the win, wanted the top of the group, wanted the 100% home record, which all happened. But it was still a weird game to go into. Lewis Morgan... I mentioned before the game that you know, there was that time where he played up front, yep. you know, but I, I didn't have the conviction about it to say, I wonder like, if this will happen tonight. I shat it. I shat it in case <laughs> Melly laughed at me because I'm a fraud. If I had said Morgan's going to play up front today, Melly would have eviscerated me right on that podcast there. But when we got there, um, the obviously the huddle happens, as happened before every game, and it broke up and Lewis Morgan runs up front. We're like, where are you going? <laughs> See, boys, having reflected on it and... And on the other game that we're going to talk about, it does make sense. Now, I'm in Melly's camp as well. I don't really rate him all that highly. In fact, I don't rate him highly at all. But it does make sense to try him there. I wondered if it was maybe Lennon trying something very, very different and on this occasion it did pay off. My main criticism of Lewis Morgan is not that he's not a good player. I've said in the past that he looks like a, a he's got nice feet. He, he moves quite well. He, he picks up decent spaces, as you mentioned, Jimmy. 
but he doesn't make anything happen for any other players. What you would expect a winger or a number 10 or wherever he kind of floats in between, he doesn't create anything for anyone. So maybe the other side of it is to put him on the end of chances. Maybe if he can create space, which he did in this game, and people can pick him out, maybe can he can be the one putting chances away. And it worked this time. I still I don't agree that it's going to be a viable option going forward, but I think we're kind of desperate at the moment. His performance itself took his goal excellently. Yep. And really that was about it, but that's all we, that's all we really needed out of him on the on the night. Just basically needed to make himself useful, make himself available for in spaces and to put away the chances that he got. He was unlucky again with a header as well. And on another night, he could have had a couple of goals, but it's, it was a strange one. That there's no getting away from it to, to turn up and see Lewis Morgan up front, a direct swap for odds on Edward in a European game. That was probably why he was in, because it meant the rest of the team sort of stayed kind of pretty much the same, yeah. didn't it? And Cham came in for Rogic from the weekend, but it meant our good players are playing where they should. Now, putting Ryan Christie up front, maybe he's back to goal. It's not, it's not ideal for him. Lewis Morgan going in there and then you had Griffiths on the bench if it wasn't working towards the end of the game we could swap it about but we got the, he got the opening goal it all started off pretty well and once we yeah. got the goal there wasn't really much looking back from that because Wren didn't really have anything at all So I, I mean we I delved into Scout because I think what happens after these games is and I found personally on Twitter that I thought when I was watching the game I thought you know it sounds like a ridiculous thing to say but I thought aside from the goal I don't think Lewis Morgan had a particularly good game. It, it felt yeah. to me like he lost a lot of his one-on-ones and I didn't think his passing was very good. But before coming on this podcast, uh, I loaded up the Scout just to check, you know, just to check the stats and to see, did my eyes deceive me? And, and just k- quickly cast your eye over it. His, his, his passing accuracy was 80% throughout the game, which sounds okay, but if you put that into the, the wider context, the league doesn't even get you into the top 30 right. in the yeah. league at the moment. It was the duels that I was quite interested in because, as I say, it looked like he lost a lot of one on ones, which is a very which is which is cat in your eye because this is something that Edward doesn't really do up front. He yeah. wins a lot of his duels when he's up front, and, and that bore it. He only he only won eleven out of twenty nine duels, only thirty eight percent of duels won. You know, so his effectiveness up front was borne out by watching the game and the stats. But you know. It, you do you, you do get points for effort. You do get recognition for yeah. effort. He certainly one thing he didn't do was he certainly didn't hide. No, he no, got no. himself in the mix repeatedly, um, and I think he took his goal really, really well. Smash and finish. Yeah, uh, lovely. And I, I, just watching Lewis Morgan, he strikes me as a player that that's better running onto a ball. He can't really take it into feet. He's not used to getting these yeah, balls yeah. fizzed into feet, which is something again that Edward's brilliant at. You know, Forrest and Christie and whoever's playing in midfield know. Even with a man on his back, you can fizz a ball right into Edward's feet and he'll take it under control. And I think that's an aspect of the game that Morgan really struggled with. It's something we would have to make allowances for is that it almost goes without saying, but this isn't his position. No. And the fact is, he's only previously scored one goal for Celtic. He's not the obvious choice yeah. to, to play up front. Nothing about Lewis Morgan screams no, central striker for Celtic in the absence of odds on Edward. But in fairness to him, he, he went about his job as best as he could. Again, he hadn't started since Patrick Thistle. But it has, as I say, he's just he's not an obvious choice for a striker. Nothing about his attributes, about his, his physicality, about his goal threat about his anything really would scream he's a striking option but Neil Lennon has obviously seen something in him and, 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 and that's exactly what I was waiting for somebody to come on to because I'm going to use that phrase again 
Brick a brack. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I, I've yeah. said it on this podcast numerous times. Neil Lennon's strength as a manager is seemingly building a performing team out of whatever he's got lying about him. And here, here he manages to pick out Lewis Morgan, and everyone's looking at the going, what? Three one in one game, four one in the other game, and Lewis Morgan's leading the line. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's quite, yeah. it's quite incredible, and it plays to Neil Lennon's strengths as a manager because. Other managers probably would have just went, well, I've got a fit striker in Lee Griffiths. He needs to play. Even though he's not particularly fit, I might get half an hour or something out of yeah. him. Whereas Lennon's looked at it and went, no, I'm going to go with what, what I think is right. I'm going to put Morgan up front and I'll give, I've will i got Lee Griffiths if I need him. And it turns out Lee Griffiths got 10 minutes towards the end. Yeah, maybe. Which, I mean, say if you're Lee Griffiths and you're sitting looking at this situation and Morgan's getting picked over you, Maybe you're looking at your own situation, going right. There's a there's something that's probably going to spur me on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, I, we're no further forward from last week when we talked about Griffiths making his big return and how Lennon says, look, he needs to get fit, he needs yeah. to be fitter, he needs to work harder. So, so that's incidentally that was his fiftieth European appearance for Celtic. Really, yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. Um, it's it's something he needs to do, and as you say, have finding yourself behind Lewis Morgan, the pecking order can only, as you say, spur him on. It'd be great to have Griffiths back firing on all cylinders. Other surprises in the lineup. Well, not a surprise. Bauer started obviously in the absence of both Frimpong and Mohamed. Yep. Um, he w- was the only choice really. The the fullback changes were forced. Uh, we had Greg Taylor, who I think he'd only previously made one start for Celtic didn't he? Uh, prior to that. Bauer is, um, as I've said before, he, he's a signing that made sense at the time, but I just feel like. His Celtic career has stalled a bit um, yeah. before it even got going, and it's not his fault. He's not really done anything wrong. He's just found himself behind this absolute bolt of lightning. And, it's, uh, and it's, 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 it's Frimpong, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, when we signed Frimpong, I expect we thought he's one for the development squad. Yeah. Maybe in a year or two, we'll sign him. And the guy's just completely bust yeah. onto the scene, and as a result, everyone's taking a backseat. And something I said to Melly on Melly at the match, I said it's weird to go from that, what you've just said, to missing the guy in the space of mm. about six weeks. So it actually missed the guy because there were a few moments where I thought, oh, I could really have done with Jeremy Frimpong tearing down that right hand side. We did miss him because there was times with Forrest playing on the right, Christie on the left, they cut inside. That's not natural width for them. So yeah. you're looking to get the width from Taylor, who I thought provided it yeah, quite yeah. well. And on the other side, Bauer, there was one in the first half where Bauer was just he was just waiting at the back instead of busting forward and the run wasn't there from him. And we really needed that because yeah. it was going inside and getting a bit congested in there. Whereas if we had Frimpong, that's, that's your out ball, that's the width. And we just didn't have that in the first half. Albeit we got the goal going down the other side but just on that right hand side we didn't have it so let's talk about the goals first up Lewis Morgan about 20 minutes in as we've already kind of touched on Melly great great run great move uh, down the left hand side with Forrest and Taylor yeah they seem to have struck up a decent wee understanding in their short time together we obviously played for Scotland together played what two games three games for Celtic now and it's going well good ball by Taylor Forrest gets in good cut back and that's where you want your striker to come in that late running at the box and a smash and finish he looked like he enjoyed it as well so fair play Lewis Morgan Stephen Forrest is in the as we discussed on this podcast before the form of his life at the moment he's been directly involved in three goals in his last four 
Europa League games for Celtic. Yeah. Now, to put that into some context about this type of season he's having, that's as many as his previous 23 appearances really? in Europe. <laughs> I can, it's, all, it's all going well for James Forrest. thing is, I thought he actually had a quiet game. Yeah. Um, he's actually had quite a quiet, an uncharacteristically quiet week. He was quite quiet against them. Um, I'm saying the word quite quiet quite a lot there. <laughs> um, but Forrest, I thought he was um, quite quiet in uh, this night. Um, but he's still there making telling contributions and yeah. he, was, he was instrumental on in that goal. I do like the look of him and Taylor down that left-hand side, but the problem with that is I feel like it's going well just now, but I still don't want to see Forrest out there on no, a, a no. regular basis. I still feel like to get 100% James Forrest, you need to stick him out in the right. You're, you're only getting 90% James Forrest in the left. But if it's a, if it's a makeshift w- winger setup, you need another few better you know, 90% players to be having than James Forrest. Pass for the goal was perfect. He and Taylor worked very well, but take nothing away from Lewis Morgan's finish. It was something you maybe akin to seeing Forrest. He's fond of coming across from that right-hand side onto the his far side of the box and just just clipping them home. And that's exactly what Morgan did. Before the goal, I actually thought um, Ren, who, who we've said had made six or seven changes on the night from the previous Celtic game, I'm not entirely sure how seriously they would have taken it, but just a, a, a nod to their fans. They were absolutely oh, brilliant. I, I, I couldn't believe the size of the crowd they brought. You would think... Because they've no, the group hasn't gone their way. Maybe a few drop offs towards the end. They maybe bring a couple of a few hundred eventually. Mm. But they were absolutely rammed over there, and they did not stop singing from basically word go. It was brilliant. But um, I thought they started okay. Ren, they had one good chance early on, to, um, forcing a pretty smart save from Foster down to his right hand side. I think it was Del Castillo who was probably their best player. On the night, they didn't have a huge amount going forward, but Del Castillo um, was was pretty good for them. He came in off the left and and tested Foster. Foster, who eventually will come onto it, made several good saves yep, on the, on the night. But Ren started pretty decent, and then and then Celtic basically just took over from the goal onwards. Yeah, Foster put in another good performance for us in Europe. He's, yeah. he's really he's definitely shining on that European stage and the big games. He really comes through for us. Um, Ren probably looking at envy size on how good our goalkeeper was because <laughs> their their guy was absolutely rotten. Rotten for the Christie goal, rotten for what probably should have been a penalty to Morgan as well. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. Um, weirdly, we we talked about this on Mail at the match as well. I missed that. I couldn't. Well, from whatever angle I was at, I couldn't see it from from where I was sitting. It just looked as if he had come out, kind of, in a crowd at some feet and grabbed the ball. But you said he'd slid through the back of Morgan, and with the benefit of replay, he absolutely did. It's, it's clumsy. A, yeah, clumsy. it's a free kick anywhere on the park. That it should definitely have been a penalty. He had one good save from an encham shot. He got down pretty pretty well for it, but other than that, he did not cover himself in glory at all with Christie's goal. Well hit from Christie, yeah. as to be said. We all know we can he can dig them, but it's uh, it should probably be a routine save that it did take the slightly dodgy bounce just before it arrived at the keeper, but you've got to be doing better. No excuses. No, no excuses. You've, you've got to save that. But good because he was the twat that got him. <laughs> yeah, I got Bio big sent off in the previous game. Eh? I've got to say, Ryan Christie at the moment, Melly is no. We can shelf Edward. Edward will always be the number one in my heart. <laughs> uh, but but Ryan Christie's my favourite Celtic player at the moment. He's effervescent <laughs> in attack right, okay. up front there, non-stop, and he's a he's a class class. He's a guy, I've said this before in the podcast, don't know if it's true. If I ever meet him, I'll ask him. You can tell he loves football. You know, you, you get the impression that he sits home at night watching Spanish and Italian football and he's across it all because the technique and the quality that he shows and the fact that, I mean, everybody knows that 
the rise of Ryan Christie. He's basically yeah. came out of nowhere to yeah. become a, a Celtic mainstay. And another one, he's done it for us in Europe time and time again. Yeah, every time you wonder if there's maybe question, not question marks, but every level he goes up to, he steps up. Yeah. Leipzig last year was probably his first real test in Europe. Did brilliantly yeah. set up Edward. And you sort of wondered last year, was it maybe a purple patch? Did he just come in, hit the ground running and that was it? But he's kept up for the full year. When you, what you're talking about, the technique, all that sort of thing. He's got an eye for the goal. Pace, the pass and the tempo. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got all that, plus he's worked so hard. And yeah. see when you see a player doing that, that's all you want. Just 100%, free lungs, doesn't <laughs> stop running, puts in... A total shift every time. Sometimes I'm looking at him and stop running. You're going to do a hamstring <laughs> or something. But he just keeps going, gives you absolutely everything. And on top of that, he's got the technique, he's got the power, pace. He's just great to watch. That was just that was just before half time, wasn't it? Right yeah. on half time. Right, right on half time. Kills a game. We're in for half time. Ren didn't go in for half time. Did you see that? You, you might have been in for your jelly babies already, <laughs> Mel, or jelly beans, whatever it is you eat. Anyway, whilst you were in getting your wine gums and your sweeties, Wren's had a wee Phil Brown-style huddle right, right. briefly on, on the pitch, basically just telling each other. I think what they were saying in French was, this will be over very soon and then we can all go home to our beds. <laughs> yeah, why? Because, mean, because that's the feeling I got from it. We were, given a, hint. We were given a hint as to how seriously Wren took this game when uh, the manager turned up in trainers. White trainers. White trainers. Now, you would not get that from Mr Gerrard across no. the city. <laughs> the, the dignity. Um, he, would not, he would not dare wear trainers. You, uh, Maren. Maren wouldn't wear that. <laughs> he wasn't dressed for business, obviously, the no. manager, but there was one guy who was dressed for business Olivier and Cham. Yeah, uh, another good performance from him. A, a baller. A uh, <laughs> baller in that, <laughs> mid, in that midfield. I, I, loved, I love him in that role. Should yeah. be give and goes. And the, was it, the, was it the, the layoff for the third goal? Yes. Yeah. Cool, as, cool as you like. Just perfectly it was weighted like, relay off. And Cham, for, for the third goal, he basically played the role of one of those rebound board things. Or see, see in uh, Soccer AM, you can still find them. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's still going. See when they're doing the thing where they're shooting into each other. I don't, I don't really watch it anymore, but it's like, see, they throw the ball off a wee trampoline and then you need to volley it. He basically played that role and yeah. he did it perfectly for Mikey Johnson. He, he, he was simultaneously that wee passing board that you're talking about yeah. and the puppet master just pulling Aye, all yeah. the strings, threading balls through. I just when I feel like this is my phrase about Olivier Jam, but see when he is in the mood, yeah. he's, he's absolutely sensational, especially in those wee tight spaces. And Ren couldn't Ren couldn't cope with him; they didn't know what to do. No, it was a straight choice on the night between him and Tom Rogic, and I I would have preferred Jam to be honest because Tom who. Yeah, well, I said it. God, I said it. God love Tom Rogic. He's never been really one for the for the European occasion as yet. His day still might come in Europe, but he's never really proven it on that. And I think Incham is more of a well, as we saw, he's more of a banker in that in that role. Uh, and I thought he played really well again. I thought um, towards the end. I think Neil Lennon acknowledged this as well. I thought Celtic maybe switched off a wee yeah. bit, and that's to be understood because the game is well out of sight. They were they were absolutely coasting it against. Again, I want to give. I don't want to dismiss Wren altogether. I think they're a decent team. They're maybe not as good as we thought because they've plummeted down the league and they've done really poorly in Europa League. But they're still a, a phrase I used on Mail at the match. You don't qualify for Europe by accident, and they deserve to be there. So they're a, still a decent team, and Celtic made it look easy. But I thought they went off it maybe for about 10 minutes or so towards the end of the second half and passing got a wee bit sloppy, including in Cham. 
But I thought otherwise his performance was absolutely brilliant. Could have scored as well. He had that excellent shot that this keeper saved. The one decent save the keeper made all night was from a grinding sham drive in the first half. Again, we're getting goals at a time where we can make subs. So we two and out at half time, he can get into the second half and start to think, look, in likelihood we're not going to lose this. You can get Beaton on, you can get Mikey yeah. Johnson on, you can get Griffiths on. All these guys need game time. Mikey Johnson just shows again and at the weekend there what a good player he is and Lee Griffiths getting some game time and beat on coming on for Scott Brown who accidentally got booked in the game <laughs> as well I saw Tom yeah. English tweeting someone on Twitter the other day was saying can anyone recommend any good Celtic podcast and a lot of people were a Scottish football podcast Scottish football podcast he was looking for and a lot of people were very kindly recommending <laughs> this one so on that basis, I can only assume that Tom is listening okay. Hi, to, Tom. This, to this to this podcast. And I would just like to say that last time Mikey Johnson played, because he's been out for a wee while, yeah, Tom, Tom English said, what has happened to Mikey Johnson? His career has totally stalled under Neil Lennon, <laughs> or, or words to that effect. Uh, yeah. And then after the Wrens game, Tom English said something else to the effect of, Look at Mikey Johnson. He's came back into the team. He's absolutely flourishing under Neil Lennon or something like that. So you just, just, you just need to make your mind up. Old as brass. <laughs> which, which, which one is it? I, I'd prefer to go with the latter, Melee. Mikey Johnson is absolutely flying at the moment. It's quite, uh, it's quite conceptual. <laughs> Melee. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's, 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 it's an odd concept, Mikey Johnson, because what we are led to believe as well from what's his face, Lindsay something, Lindsay Heron. Oh was yes, it last, yes. Well, last week who said that the only. Um, youth product of any note in the Celtic team was Callum McGregor. So, in actual fact, Lindsay Mikey, on the actual television to talk about sport yes, heading. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, in a way, Mikey Johnson doesn't actually exist. That goal was scored by a concept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and further backing up my theory about Celtic's youth system, um, Mikey Johnson it is the goal I was referring to with uh, with Olivier and Chamley off. Yeah. He's got moves, Melly. BMG's <laughs> got the moves. Moves like Jagger. He was absolutely brilliant. Just it doesn't even. He just lets it run across his body and just totally takes the defender out of the game and then the finish right across the keeper. It's an absolute peachy goal. Deserves it because he played well right up to he got that injury. He, he set up the goal for Edward at Ibrooks and then had to go off. But he, he's brilliant. He's a great option to have because we're going to need him coming into December now. We've got El Yunusi out, but on his way back, it's another great, great option to have. MG is a real thriller, isn't he, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I enjoyed that. that, was, that was, it was definitely worth it as well. <laughs> he put his hand up to say that. <laughs> I've got one, I've got one. <laughs> no, it's great to have him back. And actually, it's it's quite a good comparison because we talked quite a lot about Lewis Morgan earlier on in this. And he... Mikey Johnson knows what it's like to be just thrown into the yeah. central striker role and it not work out well for him because yeah. Brendan Rodgers was fun of launching him up front against Rangers and things along those lines. Do you not play ahead of Odds and Edward? Uh, Edwards, Edwards, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, enough on that. But that's why I don't I don't really want to have a go at Lewis Morgan. Um, obviously, he was, he was perfectly good in this game and he, he scored. But he, we saw again in the Ross County game after... After this, it wasn't quite as effective, but I wouldn't like to have a go at him because I was very sympathetic towards Mikey Johnson when he when he was chucked into it. So I need to make the same allowances for Lewis Morgan. But it's absolutely great to have Mikey Johnson back. He's, he's a good player and he's one of these guys you you forget about not not forget about. But if he's missing for two months, you don't think well, well just wait till we get Mikey Johnson back. You're still maybe foolishly concentrating on guys like Sinclair, who's never going to come back, whereas Mikey Johnson deserves to be spoken about probably in these terms now. 
downloaded the new football manager, Melly football oh. manager twenty. Downloaded it this weekend. Just sold Scott Sinclair. The hurt was too much. <laughs> the hurt was too much. I just couldn't see him sitting there. I suppose Ren did get a goal, Stephen. Yeah, they did. Um, as I said, Celtic had maybe switched off for for ten or twelve minutes or so. It's fine, but it would have been nice to keep a clean sheet, but being greedy at the end of the day. I think Iron Julian played really well yeah. during the game as well. And just We did switch off, didn't we? They'd hit the post, they'd pulled off a good save from Foster, then hit the post straight from that. On that, actually, I said on Melly the match that they had hit the post but inexplicably from about eight inches. It was only when I saw it back. Well, obviously, I was at the game. It was only when I saw it back. It was actually a great save from Forster. Oh, Forster right. deflected it onto the post from absolutely point blank, whereas I thought at the time the guy just ran up and smashed it off the post. So all credit to Fraser again. But the goal, the goal itself, a very, very basic header. It's almost as if you never like to see Celtic concede, but it was almost like to see the fans the way they behaved all night they were all in and then they scored and they were oh, they give them something a wee bit extra to celebrate I was just like you know what fair enough you, <laughs> you just have that you deserve it <laughs> send them up the road partially yeah. happy um, so that's it undefeated in five Europa League games qualified through top of the league really performing beyond our wildest dreams in oh, yeah. Europe as yeah. far as Europe goes we return to domestic duty now there's always a worry especially when you're going to somewhere like uh, Dingwall that these European games can present a bit of a hangover. Not the case. Um, ten victories out of ten in all competitions as we smashed the Staggies. That's their name, isn't it? The <laughs> yeah, Staggies, yeah. silly name. We absolutely smashed the Staggies 4-1 and that is two games in a row, seven goals without the best player in the country and our top scorer in the team at Odson Edward. Yeah, I'd said going into the Ren game that it goes without saying you're going to miss Odds and Edward but you're also going to miss El Yunusi because the two of them make a lot of things mm. happen for Celtic they combine well and they bring other players into play but they have I wouldn't say they haven't been missed because it's always nice to have players of that calibre calibre around but I can't say that Celtic have been missing them in terms of scoring goals because Celtic have got goals from absolutely everywhere oh yeah yeah. I mean the the lineup this time was Foster, Frimpong he returned to the side Julian, Ayer, Taylor Brown, McGregor Christie, Roger came in Forrest and Morgan Neil Lennon was apparently saying that John Kennedy had done a bit of analysis into this and you don't want to make any more than three changes to your starting lineup after a European game or else it becomes detrimental to the team. So You saw that quite a bit under Rodgers. In fairness, yeah. every time he made wholesale changes, that's when poor results would come. So we we found ourselves under Rodgers, we'd be like, well, we'd be crying out to see some of these players. And as soon as he did it, we found out exactly what happened. If you scrape under the surface of the squad he had, there maybe wasn't as, as much quality as we thought. But no, it makes absolute sense. You don't really want to go upsetting the apple cart, as it were. You, want, you don't want to be killing momentum, especially when you're chasing as many points and goals as you can possibly get. I mean, I mean that's it. We'll touch on... Uh, the Huns as we always do after we talk about the Celtic one but they, they're just grinding in victories yeah, yeah. Uh, they've got a difficult month coming up but as you say Millie, it's as you've said all along one game at a time important to keep the pressure on you know psychologically they'll be looking at this going away Ross County Dingwall it's quite chilly just back for Europe you know we've got the earlier kick off all these wee advantages that Rangers have got they'll be looking at that going that, that could be a tough game for them and we just absolutely ran over the top of Ross County yeah just to when you see the final result, you know, that was a silly goal to give away because mm. we've been defending so well recently, clean sheet after clean sheet in the league recently, but that was a silly one to give away. Maybe a wee wake-up call for Frimpong, but Celtic going forward, every time they're going, you just think, there's goals. Yeah. There's goals we're going to score at some point. 
And maybe last year we struggled a lot at the time to score. We've got a lot more goals at this point in the season than we did last year. We're flying. We're absolutely flying. And it's not just one or two players. It's most of the attacking players. Yeah, it's just what... It's one of those important games that you need to just go out and win. That's, yeah. that's the circumstances you've just listed there, Jamie. It's just one of those ones you need to go out and just get the result, just be professional about it. Can't afford to take an eye off the ball for a single second this season because of, I'm sure we'll come on to how tight it is. I thought it was an enjoyable enough performance. Um, it had similar aspects to it, similar dimensions to it with uh, Morgan up front. Don't think it worked out particularly well for him in this game. I thought he was fine, though. I didn't think he was, it was bad. I'm not going to sit here and say that. Um a lot of things that came to him, he was either taking it first time, he was snatching at chances, he was maybe letting it bobble up a little bit, and he was making it miscontrolled. Yeah, miscontrolled uh-huh. again, but I'm not going to have a go at him for that because, as I've finished up the last game saying, I have sympathy with guys like that who are pitched in and expected to replace odds on Edward. It's, it's easier said than done. So um, I, th- I thought he was okay, and, it, the, and Celtic absolutely got the job done on the day. Um, but played Ross County fairly recently. And found out they were they're not a particularly great team, but they but they'd been in good form prior to playing Celtic at Celtic Park a few a few games ago. I thought that but Celtic from the word go in this were right on top of them. I think Christie hit the post with a free yeah. kick from out on the right after about five minutes. Um another another day for Christie um scored two goals and that's him now top scorer. <laughs> Incredibly enough, Celtic's mm. top scorer for the season. Celtic I mean Celtic do spread the goals out in the top ten goal scorers in the league. We have got featured Odson Edward, Ryan Christie and James Forrest and if you want to just include one shy of breaking into the top 10 is Elian so, right, yeah, of course. you know our goals are fairly well spread about we've sort of touched on Ryan Christie's performances in Europe, his domestic performances are shining through and this was a, a terrific game here for him um, let me ask you a question, Ryan Christie or invincible season Stuart Armstrong um, who you having? Christie, I think, uh, and that's not just recency bias. I'm not just like, I'm just discounting the guy who's left because it's tempting to do that anyway. But uh, Armstrong was was terrific that that season. There's there's no doubt about it. I think he was in, in with a shout, maybe with a handful of others of being Player of the Year that year. But it wasn't like it wasn't a whole season. He maybe came in after two or three months yeah. and came in. Yeah, I remember he came in. He came off the bench in the five-one game at Celtic Park over Rangers, and everyone was Bust like, "We even yep. bringing Armstrong on." <laughs> yeah. that, that's how quickly his reputation changed. I remember he came on in that game, and everybody's like, "Why? Why are you bringing that guy on?" And from that point onwards, he was absolutely brilliant. However, I don't know. I just, I just prefer Christie. I think. Maybe it is recency bias. Do you know what? I hold my hands up to it. I'm just going with the thing I've seen most recently. I prefer Christie. I think is. I think he's a better player. Um, I think he's got better technique. I think his overall contribution is greater. Which one? Both for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd have to agree. I'd say Christie. I think he just offers you more. Mm, yeah. More of a goal threat. A lot of Armstrong did get quite a lot of goals. He's just all action. Which. You, same could be said of Armstrong, but I'd say Christie's passing's a bit better. Christie does mm, play a bit further yeah. forward than Armstrong, but both good players. But right now, if you'd ask me, I, I, I wouldn't swap Ryan Christie for many players. No. Lewis Morgan involved in Celtic's first goal here, this time given the penalty for. Yeah. I think this is one of these rules that needs tightened up a wee bit because. Quite often this has happened to Celtic in the past and it's and it's gone either way and I don't really, I, I suppose I could have researched it but <laughs> there seems to be a bit of dubiety about the rule insofar as 
once you play the ball and you're fouled after that point in the box, is it a penalty or is it not? We've yeah. seen them not given recently. We have seen them given. In this occasion, it was given after uh, Morgan played the ball. He was brought down. Was it their keeper? Was it no? No, it was a, a defender. Was just just behind them. Um, it seemed to be have been given in very strange circumstances. At first, there was talk about a handball because one of their other defenders kind of staggered away holding his stomach. I thought maybe he's. He's doing that to cover up the fact that he's just handballed it. It all seemed a bit strange. It was only by the benefit of replays that we saw this the slight kick. And I thought that's a really good spot from the referee. Mm. On the rule itself, I, I understand what you're getting at. It's, it's, it's a bit strange. People would say, ah, but the ball's already away. That He's not going to have any impact. But what I would say to that is, what if the ball comes back and Lewis Morgan's on lying the on the deck, well, having it, been yeah, filled? Yeah. What if the ball comes straight back to him and Celtic lose the chance because this guy has been filled despite the fact the ball has already gone? It, the ball's still active, after all. Um, so I thought it was a good decision from the ref. I thought the, the referee got a couple of good decisions. Um, we'll, we'll come on to the other one um, in due course. But I thought the two key decisions they had to get right, I thought he did in this game. We spicy ref. Oh, yeah. Very spicy. Yeah, he's a spicy guy. Not, not a hair out of place. No. Ryan Christie, that man again on the resultant penalty. I thought thought it was a bit of a shan of a penalty. Yeah, I thought he, he sort of tele- telegraphed it to the keeper, showed him where it was going. Luckily, got the follow up. He's no Edward with the old penalties, is he? This is the first one he's missed, though, Christie. I'm still not a big sure. fan of lefties hitting right, penalties. Yeah. <laughs> Racist. Racist against lefties. It's, do you know what it is? It's. See when you take, see when he took up that position, right, where he was about to kick the ball. So he's a lefty. The ball's right. The ball's on the penalty spot. He comes back and then takes three steps to his right. There's really only one place he can put that ball, and it's to the keeper's right. Yeah. You, you can only really put it in that left-hand corner. He's he's not really going to get enough dig on it a lot of the time to get his foot right round it, or or. That is to say, nine times out of ten, it's going to end up at that side, and I think that's how the keeper guessed it right. See those. What do you think of... I know the rules make it fine. What do you think of being able to smash in your own rebound? I feel, oh, yeah, like, I feel I like you should be at the out of play or something. Well, I... Because no, if the ball just breaks straight back to you and you smash it in, I feel as if the keeper's got absolutely no chance and he's he's done his job. Keepers, keepers barely save rebounds, do Just they? as an aside, but it's, I don't know. I feel like it should be... You should be frozen or something. Like <laughs> somebody else has to get like in. technically offside type <laughs> thing. <laughs> But it was definitely a shanner of Bentley, let, let, let's face it. But he did well to, to just stick it in, just continue on his, his scoring run, as we talk about. We saw the return of Frimpong. Um, yep. I thought, controversially, just after us talking about it last week and about bad games, I thought this was maybe his worst game for Celtic, which isn't saying much before no. people get... Because the, the bar is very high for this lad. Um, got a booking and it was... He was sort of beaten for pace by somebody that was slower than him. His starting position was pretty wrong. The yeah. guy played a, their left back played a good ball sort of round Frimpong. It was into space and he ended up just clattering the guy. It's maybe it's not. I don't know if it's so much pace as as you say. It's positional thing. It's, it's I think that is just purely a lack of experience. He basically get taverniered um, yeah, and, and left a load of space in behind him, and he was forced to make it uh, commit the foul. I had sympathy for him in this game because I thought there were an awful lot of occasions where he was just left alone and expected to beat three players in order to get get out of tight spaces. There was one point where I think Brown played a bit of a shanner of a header to him. He controlled it, beat a couple of players and then was crowded out again and he turned around to everybody and just started kind of shrugging his shoulders at them. I thought he was maybe left alone to take on a wee bit too much. I think we've maybe 
placed a lot of expectation on him to be able to dig himself out of tight holes uh, a wee bit too soon and he's, he's going to need support he's going to need options people to help him out from the resultant foul there was a free kick and a goal so as we discussed last week he will eventually cost us a goal just well, given yeah, how young yeah. he is and, and it happened the very next week that was a masterclass as we were talking about in the 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 group chat, Stephen, a masterclass in ball watching. <laughs> it was. Wasn't it? Oh boy, did they watch that ball. They watched the <laughs> shit out of that ball, Melly. <laughs> they sure did, and Tom Rogic lost his man, mm. sort of bullied off it a bit too easily for mm. me, as if you're not going to get a free kick for that, mate, so you have to be marking up. It should be attacked more. It's a silly, silly goal to lose, but I'd rather lose it this week. That's Frimpong. We wake up call for him. The defence been playing well recently, but that's two goals that have been very avoidable in the last two games. Nate are now before next week. Celtic went long in bouncing back, uh, Melly. A, to quote you, a delicious through ball from Chris Ayer straight into the path of Ryan Christie once again. Yep, no doubt about it when he goes through. He just It's all goal, it's all goal. Ross Currie was trying to squeeze the game and then that's what you get those runs off it. Ryan Christie, I think his best position is in the number 10 role, but as you can see, when he, when he drifts inside, coming in from the wide position, he's just a goal threat all the time, and it's a great ball through. The guy's just got the composure to put it away. And Ross County did get back into the game momentarily, but it was sort of against the run of play, and I never ever felt watching the game like, oh no, this, we could drop points <laughs> no, here. No, it was no. just, right, we're going to score soon. And then we'll get another one and it'll be all I'll be alright. And that second goal, you just knew after that, it's another one. Christy takes that really nicely early as yeah. well. Just get, it gives Doesn't a keeper. Let the keeper a, yeah, himself. no, it gives the keeper absolutely no chance because it was quite when you see the angle from behind, or just on the angles, by the way, see watching that on telly from D- Dingwall, it's an absolute disgrace. Oh, how I'm close, so glad you I'm so glad you mentioned that. <laughs> how close the camera is to the pitch. It's, imagine remember a few years ago, maybe ten years ago, if the, the craze was three D tellies and all that. That, that would terrify you watching that <laughs> in three D to, to make you make you sick watching that. It's I was watching it, I was like the pun- the purpose of broadcasting live sport is to give people a better view of the game <laughs> than they would potentially if they were at it or uh, to give them some sort of view. That camera angle only showed you one side of the pitch. It was it was effectively effectively useless. And you're, you know, we're looking forward to the cup final. BT Sport have got something like six hours or something or nine hours of coverage on the day. Basically, they're handing their whole day over yeah. to, to the, the, the League Cup final between us and them. Sky Sports have got a guy with an iPhone 8 <laughs> up, up at Dingwall. Up some stairs. I've seen yeah. better better coverage on, you know how sometimes people go to a game and periscope it yeah. for their phone in the stand? <laughs> I, said, um, I said on our Discord, which is attached to the Patreon, um, on our Discord group that uh, James Forrest has been really quiet today. I, I kind of forgot he was playing. And someone said, forgive me, I can't remember who it was that said it, but they said, well, in fairness, the camera's so close to the pitch, he might just be running under it. You can't <laughs> see him. <laughs> but where were they going with that? Oh, yeah, Christie's, Christie's goal. Um, when you see the angle from behind, it, the ball ends up quite close to the keeper, but he's taking it so early yeah. that the keeper can't set himself and, and get down to it. He's, it's a lovely finish um, and a nice touch. Great ball from Ayer, as he said. Um, what I would say about Ayer is it's a, an observation I, made, I noted during that game as well, that that guy is so comically one-footed, it is unbelievable. No, it, it doesn't really seem to do him any, any harm in domestic football, 
But what I would say is that it's so bad that someone's going to capitalise on that one day. If you're going to come up against good opposition and it's not going to take a detective to work out what his weakness is and, and they'll try and exploit it. It's irrelevant for this game, but at times I was watching him, I was just like, oh, you're basically just a life support system for your right foot. He was out, <laughs> he was out in the wide left at one point, strangely, he you know, makes these marauding runs and he played a cross with the outside of his right foot as well. <laughs> James <laughs> Forrest having an effect on him. He's... So you're talking about the marauding runs, ball progression, it's something we spoke about on the tactics board a yeah. couple of weeks ago, for those who don't have that podcast or don't know, it's, it's when a player carries the ball up the pitch more than 10 metres. Right, okay. Christopher Iyer is top in Scotland for that. that. Right, yeah, I mean, that's beyond the likes of Ryan Jack, beyond the likes of Tavernier. He's he's really coming in at his own. He's a real potent threat from, from defence and this, yeah. this showed that, you know, passes into the final third as well, Christopher Iyer finds himself amongst the top 30, which is how Y Scout Mark these things. He's the only centre half in that, yeah, so right, he's in. Yeah. He's in amongst midfielders and fullbacks, the likes of Callum McGregor, Scott Brown, Stephen Davis. All these guys. He's one of the only centre halves that find themselves in there. So this is an example of the sort of thing that Christopher Iyer is really good at. Yeah. So that's two for Ryan Christie. Do you want a wee interesting fact about Ryan Christie? No. Fifty percent of Ryan Christie's goals this season have come in the first thirty minutes. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's correct. There you go. You'd think he'd be, get more later on because everybody's winding and down and he's still got yeah. all the energy to go. Fair enough. There was a bit, I, I felt watching the game, I felt like there was a bit of, um, not a European hangover, that's a bit That's a bit harsh, but things certainly did start to slow down a wee bit in the sort of, towards, especially in the, in the second half of the game. Yeah, I th- much like we talked about with the Ren, it's probably understandable because Ross County aren't, they're not likely to come back from, from that, this, this kind of performance from Celtic. I'm not saying... In fact, there was a word Lennon actually used himself to describe the performance. A wee bit of complacency started to set in. Uh, I wouldn't say they were bad at the start of the second half. I thought it maybe just got a wee bit flat. And, you know, you're lying about on a Sunday, you, the mind starts drifting. Is there a Columbo on the other side? Am I better? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I thought, as I say, it was a perfectly enjoyable game. It just got, it took a wee lull in the in the second half, but it wasn't, wasn't for too long. Um, Ross County have two managers. Um, yep. And better than one, of course, you would think. Yeah. More managers, more yeah. management. Managing, yes. Um, the two guys look completely <laughs> different. <laughs> two different. Two more different men you will not find. Stuart Kettlewell, no offence to the guy, is a ridiculous looking character. <laughs> um, he's got a ridiculous looking hairdo and they kept, they kept cutting to him. Obviously, there must have been a camera right on there. Yeah. It kept cutting to them. It looks like a wrestler or something Aye, like that hairdo in the beard. And, and then Steve Ferguson just looks like a wee barra. Just a wee, a wee guy. guy. Um, it was an, it's an interesting move. that I'm tra- When I was watching the game, I was trying to think, have there ever been any other management teams? Roy Can- Evans and Gerard Hooley at Liverpool, remember? Oh, yeah. Roy Evans and Gerard Hooley. Sorry, the two, two managers. Doesn't seem to be much more management for uh, for Ross County, though, because because they soon succumbed to a Tom Rogic goal. Hmm. His first goal for Celtic in the league in over 12 months. Yeah, the last one was... Damning. Um, are people Halloween. Still, are people still trying to convince me that this guy's pulling his weight? <laughs> Maybe. Let but me yeah, hear it. It's, it's been a long time. The last one was actually Halloween 2018. Now, this is... This doubles as... Who was that against? Hearts. So this next fact um, doubles as not only an indicator of how long it's been since that goal, but also an indicator of how fast football moves. That game featured an entire back four for Celtic who are no longer at the club. (laughs) Can you name them? Lustig, Tierney, Boyata and... 
Begovic. Yes, ah, yeah, well no, done. No, no, yep. Nailed it. All four, so all four of them are gone, and that was the last time Tom Rogic scored a league goal. Uh, I think I said this in the podcast before, but I'm starting to feel like Tom Rogic's best the days. Stop being a hater, mate. Behind him. I hate Australians, that's the thing. Starting to feel like Tom Rogic's best days are behind him a wee bit at Celtic. Um, maybe it's unfair to say he looks disinterested. The thing is, Tom Rogic's someone who always crops up with a, a scorcher of a goal. Yeah. Um, but I'm starting to think that maybe over, especially over the last 12 months as the starts have blown out, that's really all he's done. Creeps up with the occasional rasper of a goal, then goes back into hibernation. I, I know what you mean, but again, we, we need <laughs> to be careful here. You said in the summer, look, and Cham Rogic, they can go. They're making contributions. I want to keep in Cham now. I've changed my oh, so You've changed that. But in Cham was injured for this game, so if you've noticed, I'm just shocked you. I like in Cham, <laughs> despite what I said earlier. No, no, I mean, don't get me wrong, we need them. We need the bodies yeah. in, and he's proven here by coming in, contributing, scoring a goal. But you're wanting more. You're wanting more off the guy. Yeah, you do always want more. Because and I don't think it's unfair. I mean, I'm not saying to Edward I want more. I'm not saying to Christie I want more, or Forrest I don't want more off them. But I want people like Tom Rogic to show a bit. Yeah, I understand that. He's maybe it's two stop start with Tom Rogic. It's been like that most of his career at Celtic. He'll be playing well for a bit, then he'll yeah. be out of the team, then he'll be back in. He seems to struggle with that, but on his day, he's a good player to have. And to go out and replace Tom Rogic, you need to spend a lot of money, and it's not yeah. a guarantee you'll get a better player. So I'm happy to keep him about, I'm happy to keep him cham about. It's up to them to try and break into the midfield free. Not many options for this game, aside from Tom Rogic, as we said as well, because Cham took a knock, yep. um, took a knock and wasn't played, and this wasn't risked um, precautionary really. So it made total sense for Tom Rogic to come in, and I thought he played played all right, um, really, maybe no better than that. He had a good game in the semi final. I thought this was maybe three or four weeks ago, the start of November. He played against Hibs, started that game, and he was heavily involved. I, I really enjoyed that. Ball he receives on the inside right channel where he's back to go. You he mentioned has, this at the time, didn't yeah. You? He has the wee pivot and then pings the ball out to the left hand side or plays someone into the box. I really enjoy that from Tom Rogic. Didn't see an awful lot of it in this game, but again, all we can expect of him is to come in and make telling contributions. And he did that in a way in this game, but I do, I do, I do understand what you're getting at, Jamie. Though I do, I do feel the the urge to sort of ask, just squeeze that wee bit extra at him. He's in a difficult spot because. He's not first choice because the yeah. three guys that are playing ahead of him, Brown, Christie and McGregor, all deservedly uh, should be ahead of him. But at the same time, we need him to rotate in, but we can't give him a run of games. Yeah. So he's going to play one week, not play the following game, then be back in maybe. Uh, we can always build this up and get his fitness up. The same with Griffiths, we've got Cluj away coming up that we can change the team Scott Brown is not going to be able to play because no. of his lovely yellow card that he accidentally got <laughs> we forgot to mention that actually Scott Brown and his definitely accidental <laughs> yellow card that he picked up against Ren he was absolutely choking for a yellow card weirdly I actually started to we weren't sure of it when we were at the game we were kind of asking each other like, is, is he on a booking is yeah. he trying because he had a couple in the first half where I thought it's a wee bit early for that if he's trying to get his yellow card <laughs> but he, he definitely got went about it eventually he, he needs to watch with that because um, if it's too obvious <laughs> they know what you're doing I mean a straight they, red they probably got away with it but he was very very petulant he was getting involved in all sorts of stuff but someone mentioned to me that 
on the way when I was at the game that someone mentioned if he gets a booking then he misses right, the next yeah. game I think Julian was in the same boat mm. as well Julian obviously never went for it but that, I mean that's it that's um, game management is yes, that what they call yeah. it that's what they call it for Bruni Savvy Once again for the second time In two games The scoring was wrapped up By Mikey Johnson Super sub You were talking about In the Wren game That you know You felt that Forrest Had a good A good understanding Of what Taylor was doing On the left hand side This time it was Taylor Feeding Mikey Johnson And yeah. terrific first touch oh, it's, it's brilliant it, What I liked most About that goal Was the fact that he, he shunts it across his left foot to beat the guy. He beats the guy very, very easily. A wee bit suspect defending, and Ross County have been conceding an awful lot of goals this Most season. In the league, I think. Yeah, um, wee bit suspect defending, but Mikey Johnson just goes past him as if he's not there. He moves it onto his left, but he ends up in a position where most other players would just rattle it with a, outside the left foot across goal. But he actually reshapes just in the one movement and plays it across with his right foot, which is a more probably a higher percentage shot when you get a, a chance to open your body up to it that was the thing I enjoyed most about that it was a really nice move uh, I love the type of goals the old Henri yeah, yeah, in that inside forward position just bending it into the far yeah. corner brilliant great to see him back and when he's going at defenders like that they don't have a clue what no, to do no. because he's got pace he's got trickery he can go either side he great can feet. hit right yeah. foot left foot it's a totally different goal from his last one this one he's bending it in with the right foot the one during the week he's plays it across the keeper with a right foot he's a great finisher for someone so young just before we wrap up this game I suppose we should talk about the offside yeah an odd one well that, that was the other decision I thought the ref got correct but yeah, I, I seem to be a lot of people really annoyed with it sound yeah it's, it's been a, a strange reaction for me I know on the surface of things you look at it the guy's not interfering with play the guy who scores is onside Right, okay, but that's that, that's before you delve a wee bit deeper and see what actually happens. The guy who comes back from an offside position, again, not interfering with play because he's not going for the ball, but you can still interfere with play in other ways, such as if you're blocking the keeper, for example, if it's if you're if you barge the keeper or you're standing in his sight. But he interferes with play by blocking Christopher Julian's attempt at a recovery run. He yeah. goes to move into the box and he puts his arms around them. I don't know if it would have made much of a difference if Julian had got through anyway. I'm not sure if he had the time to react to it, but by the letter of the law, he is 100% interfering with play yeah. by blocking a Celtic player from getting there. That's, so I don't really understand. No case to answer as far no, as I'm concerned. I, I don't really understand it. And it, it was another thing where I thought, well, the ref's right there. Because the, the linesman kept his flag down because it wasn't offside. That's fine. But what the ref has clearly spotted is the, the infringement, the, the, the block, really. So Celtic, as we said, maintain it. 10 out of 10. Waste of time, mate. Why, All in what? vain. Why? With no great players. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Just before we finish up on Sky, can I just bring up? Yeah. So I tried to find the context for it. and I there is none. I couldn't find the context Good for luck. it. Good yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. luck. We're, we're Chris Boyd. That, that shit-eating grin of his, man. <laughs> Somebody says, uh, so the, the conversation must have started, someone says, X is a great player and Chris Boyd with that look on his face where he thinks he's made such a smart point it's that like Oscar Wilde has I, just issued a withering put down I, and he turns away all smug of himself Stephen Fry or something <laughs> like that no such thing as a great player and then goes on for whatever reason to say oh, well I look at Messi and Ronaldo and they're great players there's no great <laughs> players in Scotland and, and I brought this up on Twitter and someone said to me well he's not wrong N- no you're right it's, it's not the point that he's wrong mm-hmm. it's that He's taken the point to such a, a broad sense yeah. that it's utterly nonsensical. Or is it reductio ad absurdum or whatever it's, it's... Yeah, Chris... If your contribution to the debate here, Chris, is James Forrest isn't as good as Lionel Messi, <laughs> then I could honestly... My, my wee nephew is... I think he's four. 
yeah. obsessed with football. Mm-hmm. He'll come on to this guy and he'll yeah. tell you James Forrest isn't as good as Lionel Messi. Yeah, Chris, we know. Right, oh. take it from me that if I say that Frimpong is a great wee player, it doesn't mean I think he's Zinedine Zidane, <laughs> that who is a great player. What is the point you're trying to make here? No, that, there is no point. Right, if the, you're employed to talk about Scottish football and you're just panning it. And that's another thing yeah. someone said to me, they go, I don't get this notion where people are supposed to talk the game up. No, asking them to talk the game up. I'm just asking them to do a job. What have we done with language here as well? Is there, <laughs> is there no context given here? No. You can only use the word great if it means Messi and Ronaldo. Imagine, imagine being Chris Boyd. Right, imagine being Chris Boyd and whatever, like you're Chris Boyd's son or your daughter. Oh, Dad, I just bought this, just saved up all my pocket money and bought this great new car. It's not Bentley, is it? So. <laughs> <laughs> and you would not, you would not get it right in very serious manner here. You wouldn't get it in any other broadcaster or any other league. Imagine you had, I don't know, Jamie Redknapp or whoever talking after such and such a Liverpool game, right? And they were talking about Sadio Mane. You know, the guy's been absolutely on fire this season, one of the best players in the world. And he, do you think one of them would say? He's not really Ronaldinho though, is he? It would never happen <laughs> in a would, million years. It wouldn't happen in this podcast. No. If we I'm, were talking about it and we were saying, oh, oh, like Ryan Christie's a great player and one of us went, oh, he's no Messi, is he? <laughs> we would edit it out. <laughs> but, but there Chris Boyd stands with his hands in his pockets like, I stand uh, by my statement. Uh, and then that, that just, just before I do I stand by my statement. We know, Chris. No, no one's asking you to not say it. We, we, we fully understand that you think what you've said is really clever. Chris Commons then disagreed with him and said that, well, no, James Forrest, Callum McGregor are great players. Chris Boyd said, for Celtic. Yes. That, <laughs> yes, that's what we mean all along. That's the context in which we are talking about, Chris. You've just watched a Scottish football game. I think I've blown out the mic. So I, I think that, you did. I'm, I'm getting look, passionate here. Look, it, it, it was absurd, but it's just... It's just more of the same. Like it's it's more of the, Chris Boyd is a highly paid pundit, you know. And again, someone on Twitter said Chris Boyd is paid to get people talking about Chris Boyd. People don't want that. <laughs> like people do. That's not what people want for the for the football. We want people there giving us insights. Yeah. We want Carragher. We want Redknapp. We want people that know the game. We don't want idiots with shit eating grins going. He's no Lionel Messi. We know, Chris. It's we a com- know. It's a comparison I've made before, but even the likes of guys who aren't particularly insightful or tactically aware or all that modern who are involved in Skies, take your Paul Mersons, Matt Letissiers. The reason that people like them is because they clearly come across like they enjoy football. Mm. Chris Boyd absolutely does not, and yeah. very few people involved with Scottish football do. It was just, see that bit at the end where he thought he'd, he'd nailed everybody by Aye. saying, I for Celtic. You've just shat on your own point. Yeah. That's the point everyone was making all along, you utter cretin. And then it's, and then it's, and then it's the grin. It's the, it's the grin and the Get shrug me. of the shoulders. Aye. Anyway, Rangers also... Uh, they managed to score five goals against managerless Hearts. Hearts now... Still and managerless, yeah. Still managerless, managerless for a month. And Budge, really switched on operator, really knows what she's doing. Clueless, absolutely yeah. clueless by the looks of it. You need to get a manager in there. Or or maybe what they were doing was they just didn't want their appoint their manager and his first game would be Rangers. Hmm. Um, a quick look at the league table shows Celtic and Rangers both on 37 points with Celtic a goal difference of 36 and Rangers with a goal difference of 35. Now, if you take five minutes out of your day to look at the league table, you will say to yourself, everyone else, you should be ashamed. <laughs> Celtic and Rangers at this point are near enough, well, they're only nine, but near enough 10 points ahead of third place mm. and it is not even Christmas yet. You want a laugh? Celtic's goal difference is 36, Rangers is 35. What's Aberdeen's? Two. 
No. I'll go... You've killed my point by going oh, too oh, low. Right, Thanks, Melee. Right. No. Killed it, Melee. I know. <laughs> no. Six. Six. <laughs> you, you were close, though, Melee, because Motherwell, who are in fourth place, their goal difference is three, and then Kilmarnock is zero. That's hmm. abysmal. <laughs> that is absolutely abysmal. Melee, do you remember after the... There's first, no great players in Scotland, that's right. <laughs> that's why. You know, when these teams went and hired Lionel Messi, it would be a different story. <laughs> do you remember, Melee, that we were sitting after the... Glasgow Derby and we were in a Glasgow West End pub and we were talking to a gentleman who, who would know have an idea of how the leagues pan out someone that was close to these sorts of things and we sort of said do you think the league is going to come down to the games between yourself I mean um, Celtic and Rangers <laughs> and the point therein was I, I don't think so now it's I didn't think that at the time either but looking at this now You've got to just consider that all the rest of these teams just won't lay a glove, really. Anything meaningful on, no. on, on Rangers or Celtic. We have to do this ourselves. No, we do. And that's why you worry about the goal difference. It's it's pitiful. You, every time you come up against... Yes, Celtic have lost to Livingston, but there was circumstances by going down to 10 men and all that. You get the odd game like that. I don't see Livingston taking points off Rangers this season. No. And likewise, teams that we've drawn with, it just it looks... Terrible teams in the past that come on, like Aberdeen, you could maybe rely on Hearts, Hibs. They're just getting battered by both teams, and we are we're hoping Aberdeen can do us a favour on Wednesday night when Rangers go to Pataudry. It's more hope than expectation. Do you realise what we're doing here, though? We're talking during the game. Yeah, well, <laughs> if no, if such a thing were physically possible, Hamilton Nackies would be pinning this podcast up in the dressing room wall. Right? Well, you hear see, what they're saying if, about us? We'll see if you, see if they are doing that. If Hamilton Nackies are doing that, here's a here's more for you. Here's our Hamilton Nackies preview. Okay, Hamilton, everyone's just waiting for you to get relegated. <laughs> right, so on to the cup yeah. final. We've yes, got, we've got bigger fish to fry. Um, oh God, I hope that doesn't mean Hamilton are going to beat us. Beat us midweek. Um, <laughs> We take on Rangers, uh, who are undoubtedly in blistering form, just like ourselves in the cup final. The last team to beat us in a cup game was old Rangers. Now, hmm. if you would like, you can go back and listen to our podcast <laughs> from that time. That is just about the time we started this podcast. Um, that was the new Rangers anyway. So it was. That was the new yeah. Rangers. You're quite right. I get I get all these Rangers as mixed so up. Five managers ago, right enough. That's probably why. Who was the manager then? Warbyolan. Warbs. Yeah. So it was Warbyola. Um, we've got them at Hamden this week for what could potentially be the first part of the quadruple treble. Should we win it? I'm going to just ask you right now. How confident are you? Uh quite. Yep, quite confident. Um, obviously, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll go into team news and team selections here. But as it stands, I am quite confident. Um, there's no getting away from it. Rangers are playing very well and they're scoring goals and doing very well. There's a lot of, a lot of tens in a row going on at the moment because mm. obviously Celtic have won ten in a row. This is them going for their tenth trophy in a row as well. What I would say about Rangers is. What better motivation than to be the first team to stop Celtic winning a trophy since like, 2015 yeah. or something? It's absolutely incredible. It's a it's a big that that's basically well it's obviously a trophy for them, but that's like winning a double because not only will they have potentially won the cup, they'll have stopped Celtic winning a trophy, which no one has been able to do for quite some time. I've said in the past that the first time Celtic don't win a cup now because of this run, it's going to feel like a huge deflation, even yeah. though you you feel like. The obviously the stock phrases you can't win them all, but Celtic do win them all, and it's going to be a, a big a big letdown when they finally drop one. I just it can't be to Rangers. No, Melly, it's 
it's going to be a difficult game. I don't think there's getting away for that. Rangers, they have a player who is on blistering form. But no matter what you think about him, take everything else away from it and just look at Alfredo Morelos on paper. Top goal scorer in the league, top for, top for expected goals, top for shots per 90 minute, top for percentage shots on target. You know, he's not as good a player as Odson Edward, but he is on form and he is doing it for them. He scored 25 goals in all competitions for them. Now, what was Marco, Negri, Marco Negri's record? Was it 33 before uh, Christmas? Or 30 by December. Or 30 like by it. December. You know, he's the, the, the guy's on form. What I will say is, what have we just touched on? With regards to the rest of the league, well, they're they're not doing they're not doing it. They're, they're not, doing, they're it. not yeah. doing it particularly yeah. well. So he's scoring a lot of goals against uh, against teams in the league who we are scoring a lot of goals against. So then you, you can maybe discount that, and you have to look at it in Europe. Problem is, he's starting to do it in Europe as well. He's starting to do it in the Europa yeah. League. With thirteen European goals this season, I think. Thirteen he's got European so goals a season. Again, some of these are against that team from Malta that they played in the qualifier. Saint Josephs, Saint Josephs, that. and all this. But he's, he's, he's something we should be aware of. Um, I don't know necessarily if he's going he's to cause us too many problems because I think the combination of Brown, Ayer and Julien as, as a back, not a back three, but that defensive block, I think they've shown on plenty of occasions, Millie, that they can handle Morelos. Yeah, when I look at Rangers, I think oh, they're not very good. But then again, they're on the same points as us and in Europe. They've been in every game. They haven't been embarrassed by any games. Yeah. I can't keep saying, oh, Portal must be crap. Feyenoord must be crap if they can't beat them. They've obviously got something about them. I still think Celtic are a much better team. I hope Celtic will go on to win the league. I hope they'll go on to win this game. I just hope Celtic turn up and play at their best. And if they do, we should have enough to beat them because there is weaknesses in that team. We've exploited it time and time again. Neil Lennon's shown when he's came up against Stephen Gerrard. Stephen Gerrard switched his team about, suited Celtic down to the ground. Morelos didn't play that game. He is very effective. He is one, as you call him, Stephen, a wee scrote. <laughs> he will have to be watched very yeah. closely because it doesn't take a lot of chances for him to score. But Celtic have got plenty of goals in them. The, the only... One thing that's making me a wee bit wary is the fact that we could be going into it with one, two, three players not fully fit. And yeah. how many of them do you risk? El is probably going to be back. Johnny Hayes should be back because Greg Taylor can't play. Bolan Goley, yeah. possibly back. Edward, possibly back. Three of them might start, and that's a lot of players that could be a slight risk. I think Edward was going for a scan last I, last yeah, I heard, so we'll wait on the, the results of that with bated breath. Just one final thing on Morelos. The thing is, yeah, he is playing extremely well. He's banging goals in. There's no point in ignoring it, right, despite what we think of him. But he's still a risk going into these games. Oh, like, right, there's no, a reason totally, he didn't yeah. start the last game. Now, I've said, um, I think I said uh, to you, Jamie, on the last Friday phone-in, that it's weird that, the, the big cliche that goes around about these players, these wee hot-headed players, that if he took that out of him, you know, he wouldn't be the same player. However, he's, he's not been like that this season and he scored 25 goals or whatever it is. So that's he's on the pitch clear. more to do it more. Yeah, so. That's, so that's clearly nonsense. If you take that away from him, he can clearly still be the same player. But he's still a major risk that it, no matter what he has been doing, temperament and disciplinary-wise in other games, it's a different 
a different world going into a game against Celtic. Um, even in a neutral venue, it's still a completely different pressure that he's, he's going to be on. Scott Brown is clearly going to just go out and, and wind them up. From the word go, he will try and get them sent off, clearly. It's what Scott Brown's very, very good at, is getting in people's heads. So uh, with that, I, I'm not even all that convinced he'll play. He'll he, he probably will, but I said that in the last game as well, and yeah. he, he didn't go. Well, you, I mean, you've got Def, they've got Defoe, who's on. I think he's on ten goals as well in the league. Yeah, maybe um, one that, yeah. Rangers have got players that are having the seasons of their life now. We're doing two more podcasts, so on the Patreon we're doing a, a full blown preview into the into the cup final. So that's going to be a real deep dive, a dedicated podcast on its own into the preview. We're also going to do a tactics board podcast. Myself and Blair, who do the tactics and analysis, are going to preview the Rangers game. So that's going to be more tactical looking at their players. But just to touch on on the, on the Monday podcast. They've got some players that are, that are having the season of their life. Ryan Jack is having yeah. the season of their life, and Stephen Davis is having the season of his life, and so is Morelos. Be what may, they don't have a Callum McGregor, they don't have a Scott no, Brown, no. they don't have a James Forrest, they don't have a Julian, they don't have an Ayer, they, they don't have a Ryan Christie, they don't have a Mikey Johnson. Whoever we end up playing up front, we're stronger in every position. I still wouldn't take any of their players in our team except Morelos because we need a backup striker, <laughs> yeah. but he wouldn't get in ahead of Edward. Their defenders can be got at. Oh, yes. Connor Goldson, I think the boy's useless. That a uh, Hellander is a pound shop, Christopher Ayer. <laughs> um, so uh, I think I think our front three can cause them all sorts of problems. Tavernier is there for the taking every single time. Yeah. Um, the one thing I would say about the back five is that it's very settled now. It's very predictable. They play the same back five in pretty much every game. It's Tavernier and Barisic are the fullbacks, yeah. and those two you've just mentioned. So it's 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 at least um, Tavernier's a gift though. Every yeah, time he yeah, plays well, us, the boy's a gift, that, and it's Christmas exactly time. That. So get it wrapped and get it under the tree. <laughs> Give him his proper name, Bonabear. Oh, Bonabear, yeah, of course. <laughs> Bonabear, as they call Bonabear. So it's dear God, I, I just shuddered. I'd, my spine twisted as I said those <laughs> words. Uh, yeah, so th- those those are likely the, the back five. But as you, you touched on earlier, uh, Stephen Gerrard kind of shot it a wee bit in the yeah, last game, and he, he made a mess of his lineup, a complete mess of his lineup. Um, and you know what? Um, just as a wee treat for our lovely listeners out there, I'm going to stick on the end of this podcast a wee throwback to that previous game, just in case we don't get a chance to Aye. use that again. I'm going to stick back on a wee throwback. No spoilers. It will just come on at the end of this episode. <laughs> Stay tuned. So, um, so let's focus on Celtic just now. Back four. Um, it's going to have to bowl and goalie. Greg Taylor's not eligible. Cup tied, mm. um, which is a bit ridiculous when you think about it. Because <laughs> when did this? When did this? Competition start <laughs> Another masterstroke from Celtic They Jack Henry them So I suppose I The length of time it took us But then yeah. even even still The competition basically starts in pre-season And runs to halfway through <laughs> You should wipe cup-tied things for the final So Bowling goalie He's unfit at the moment He might be fit Johnny Hayes might be fit So we could end up with Johnny Hayes More heroics against Rangers The back two of Ayer and Julian You'd expect Barring any disasters They yeah. pick themselves Right back Bauer or Frimpong Now I think Frimpong's playing very well But We don't want another Tavernier I, I would go for someone like Bauer A bit more sensible A bit more composed Oh you're doing a Stevie G You're doing a Stevie G How? We just we just played Bauer against Ren And won God knows who What? With 3-1? Frimpong has not let us down yet He one, just cost us a goal against Ross one County One mistake there Oh so one now Here we go 
But Listen, uh, I love I love Frimmy. Welcome to Frimmy Show. I'm in, I'm on I'm fully on board with it. But but what I'm saying is this is a serious game. This isn't against the the, the chaff of the rest of the league that we've been playing. Frimpong or Tavernier? Who would you pick? Who would you want? Not Frimpong every day. Exactly. So, so you play your best players and you show who's the best team. We don't change things just because we think the threat will be Kent, but Frimpong's pace will match that. Bowers not shown me anything in any of the games. It was decent when he came on at Ibrooks, but it was back, debut, back to the wall stuff. But no, it would be Frimpong for me all day. Okay, and moving into midfield, you've got to have Scott Brown, the, the king of Ibrooks, so? even, <laughs> even though he's playing at Hamden. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely bosses these games. Cam McGregor picks himself. Front three. Um, it's a lot of ifs and buts here. There is a lot of ifs and buts. Would you have, once again, James Forrest on the left, taking on Tavernier? Um, I probably would. I oh. probably would have that with Ryan Christie on the right, picking up gaps and spaces. In the absence of El Yunusi, I would go yeah. for that. However, any other way, if El Yunusi's fit, I think he goes back in. If, yeah. if, if you can get like an 80% out of him, if you can get maybe 65 minutes out of El Yunusi, I think he starts the game. Uh, and Forrest goes on the right with Christie more, go, more central. I'd go Forrest right, Christie centre, and out in the left, El Yunusi, if he's not fit. I'd go Mikey Johnson. Well, mm, yeah. I, well, I'm assuming. I'm just assuming for for the time being that that he's not that Elianus is not fit. Um, Back if, training later this week, so we're hopeful. We'll see. We'll see. But if it's the case that Elianus is not fit to play now, obviously I would have had them. I would have Forrest on the left. I'd have Mikey Johnson on the right. Do you think that works? And Cham in the middle and Christie up oh. front. I, is, I, I, I want to get. In, I want to get in Cham on the pitch for this one. Mm. I think in Cham. Enjoys playing against them. I think Scott Arfield is a haddy. Um, I think if, if I don't know if he even plays against I don't them, know but if he'll play. he, he might not play. Glenn Kamara. If Uwe haven't Uwe snapped, if Uwe haven't, yeah. haven't snapped him up yet, having Aaron Ramsey. I, I just think you know if if they're going to let the likes of Kamara press into midfield a wee bit and Jack press into midfield, they're going to they're going to have their middle three. I'm uh, Ryan Jack, Stephen Davis, and Glenn Kamara. I am taking and Cham McGregor and Brown all day long in there. Uh, I see what you mean. It, it, all, it all depends on the injuries. Who's fit? If Edwards fit, he goes in. I, I don't know if this is mind games. This Edwards stuff. I don't know if you know it's keeping Edward out the line. Might like, say he needs a scan. Might be true. Yeah. But Rangers have Rangers have only got a couple of days to set up and practice for this game, so th- they'd maybe look at this going. Edward or, or someone else is a very, very different proposition. Oh, yeah, definitely is, yeah. You know, so if Edward can play, that's a real curveball, I want to see it. There's a guy who we've not even mentioned here. Lewis Morgan and Lee Griffiths. Have L- Lee Griffiths. Lewis, yeah. Lewis Morgan. It'll depend on Wednesday night, obviously. We need to get through that game. We need yeah, to win that one game at a time, obviously. But I think he's, he's trying to stick to the team that's been winning as much as possible recently. And... I'd have Edward in if he's fit. If not, I'd probably go with Lewis Morgan, to be honest, up front. Well, I mean, it's worked out okay for the last couple of games. Yeah. I'm just, I just think that Ryan Christie is a, a better option than Lewis Morgan, especially when you've got the likes of Mikey Johnson waiting to play. <coughs> I mean, I've watched a bit of Rangers recently. I'm going to watch more of them for the Tactics Board podcast that will be out ahead of the game. But some of the football we've been playing recently, we're on a different planet. Yeah. We're on a different footballing planet for them. Rangers have been doing okay, but but we're on a different planet. Yeah, well, even in the Ross County game that we've just talked about, 
it did have lulls in it. It wasn't the most like, scintillating of performances. It didn't have to be because Celtic, again, walked over the top of them. But even then, even missing these players like El Yunusi and Edward, still playing some lovely stuff, some lovely one-touch stuff. There was a wee move that I meant to mention earlier when McGregor hit the post quite early in the second half, yeah. and that was from a lovely move. So they, they're playing absolutely great stuff, even if it's not like it's the all-out goals, goals, goals. They're still knitting together some great moves, and that's without... Major players in the in the front four, and on that, I'm going to ask you for some predictions. Oh. Three two to Celtic. Three two to the yeah. good guys. Melly two one, two one to the good guys. Extra time. Oh, extra time. That's all I'm going to say. Please no. That's all I'm going to say. Extra time. And on that, we shall wrap up. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Thanks to Tom English for checking it out this week. <laughs> um, thanks to everyone who subscribes to our Patreon. Um, if any of that interests you, you can get more podcasts like this for less than the price of a pint per month. It's www.patreon.com slash 20 minute tims. If you just like the podcast, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Right, Bears, let's uh, let's get something, a couple of things off my chest and a couple of things straight, right? Five central midfielders. Yeah, the gaffer's got a fucking hard on, an absolute hard on for Ojo, for whatever reason. That was the first substitute that we made. You've got the best fucking striker in the country. Sat on the fucking bench. He sat on the fucking bench doing fuck all. No influence in the game at all. The best striker in the country. I'm fucking rolling my gun. What the fuck is going on? Right? Fair enough. Right? Fair enough. But there's a problem at left back. If we've got a 3.5 million pound fucking left back in concussion or no, he can't get picked. He doesn't get picked for the big games. Doesn't get picked for the big games. What the fuck is going on? Now I'm not on here, see Stephen Gerrard, he has my 100, 100% support. I am right behind the gaffer, but he gets so fucking rang today for the word fucking go. And that's how you, me, and the rest of the fucking bears are fucking raging. And that's how you, me, and the rest of the fucking bears are fucking raging. What the fuck is going on? Because he got it fucking rang at half ten this morning when fucking Gary McAllister man picked that fucking dog shit fucking team. Nay fucking pace, nay fucking out for. What the fuck was the thing in that? I said it at half ten this morning. Five central midfielders, you pick fucking three or you pick four in a diamond and you need a fucking outfall. You have to have a fucking outfall. And I'll tell you even better than that, they're fucking shite. They're absolutely fucking shite and we played right into their fucking horns. But the worst fucking goal, we were beating the fucking tunnel. It was knickers, absolute fucking knickers. Fucking draw repo, no kick the ball on Thursday, back in the team again. So this whole thing about the red zone, the blue zone, the whatever fucking zone they're in, if they're knacker or no knacker, there's one thing that should always be getting you the fucking strip performance. And that's how you, me, and the rest of the fucking bears are fucking raging. And that's how you, me, and the rest of the fucking bears are fucking raging. What the fuck is going on?
about do me and the rest of the fucking girls are fucking raging. This is how good Celtic are. Feeling injury, wasting time. They're scared of us, bears. We fucking know it. We're a match for them. They can't be day with fucking shit in it. But the word go. But the minute we got this morning, we're fucking shit in it. It was absolutely fucking garbage. What the fuck was that today? That's my week. Fuck. My holiday. Fuck. God, you're that fucking shite. Scott Brun, looks like fucking Pelly in the middle of the park. Aribo, six foot two. A fucking party. He's fucking gonna put things again with fucking wireless headphones in his ear. Listen to you fucking UB40 or something like that. Absolutely fucking patch. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.